It's time for the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole, the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty, serving you throughout the triangle, teaching you about the ins and outs when it comes to buying or selling a home. You can find the team online by going to acolerealty.com. That's A-C-O-L-E, realty.com, or by calling 919-578-3128. That's 919-578-3128. And now it's time for one of the top Realtors in the triangle, Angie Cole, and the Savvy Realtor Podcast. One of the ways that you've been successful, Angie, is helping your sellers spot good buyers and good offers. And we're going to break down this conversation in a few moments, but I don't think a lot of people, you know, realize that there's kind of an art to this side of the process. I think a lot of people think, oh, you got an offer, you just accept it or you deny it and move on. (laughs) But there's a lot of other things that make up a, a good or a bad offer when you're trying to evaluate these things, right? Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, starting off with calculating net proceeds, that's number one. And that actually starts from the time that you meet with your listing specialist. So whenever you decide to interview agents and decide on an agent to represent you, they should be providing you with a net proceeds sheet. Because it's great if they tell you that, hey, you can sell your home for 250 but what does the bottom net really look like? You know, there's a lot of expenses that are required in North Carolina for all sellers to pay that sellers aren't aware of. For example, tax revenue stamps, you know, which is 0.02% of the purchase price. A lot of sellers are not aware that that's a required fee, you know, and that Mm. adds up. Maybe they're prorated taxes. Maybe there's an HOA transfer fee that the HOA charges. So truly understanding the net. But when we're talking about, you know, an offer, we should then take that net proceeds sheet and we should plug in our numbers of our offer. Because for example, say we have a $250,000 offer price, but this one offer, maybe you have two offers. One offer is offering you 250,000. The next offer is offering you 250,000 as well, but they also are asking for you to pay 5,000 of their closing costs. Well, the true net to you as a seller will then be, you know, the 245. And so a lot of times it can be deceiving, you know, because you might even see an offer for 251, you might be like, "Oh, this is exciting." Well, if they're asking for 5,000 in closing costs, really you're only netted than the 246. So make sure you're truly understanding the net proceeds and what the bottom line will be for you as a seller when it comes to accepting a good offer. That's a great point. So yeah, let that be kind of the very first thing you're thinking about is make sure you're evaluating everything on that equal playing field and that net proceeds sheet is certainly an important, it's an, it seems like an industry term, but it's an important one to know if you're going to be selling your home. That's one that's worth your your due diligence to use another industry term in a different yeah. way though. Uh, you, yeah. you know, Do your due diligence on the seller side to make sure that you know all the numbers that are being factored into the equation there. And then also, I guess the next thing, Angie, is to realize that you know, just because you've received an offer on your home doesn't mean that that's the max that the person who made the offer is willing to pay. Not at all. And I I can't tell the specific numbers as far as where this one particular home will close out because it hasn't closed out yet. And that's like illegal for me to do. But there was a situation where one of my buying agents made an offer on a home here in the Raleigh area. And they made an initial offer, which was actually kind of a low, low offer. The comparables actually supported a higher price point. Now, it was overlisted in the first place as far as the price, but the offer that was made was super, super low. The seller came back and they just accepted the offer. 
Hmm. And, you know, it was funny because I was speaking with my buyer specialist and she was almost, she just felt bad for the poor sellers. She was like, they were not being represented how they should be because they just left so much money on the table. Because when we made our initial offer, we knew the seller was going to counter, right? And they didn't even try. They oh. just accepted it and ran with it. And I mean, she's just, of course, her buyers are super excited, but she almost felt bad for the poor sellers that didn't have an agent looking out for them to say, hey, we should counter. So just remember whenever an initial offer is made to you when you are the seller, almost always you can counter something. Unless they just come to you and say, this is the best we're willing to do, which even in that case, I've still, we've had times where we said, you know what, I understand that this is the best that you're willing to do, but if you can just increase this or change this to you know, whatever it might be, we'll accept it. And as so many times the buyers say, okay, we'll, we'll do that. You know, so don't be scared to counter an offer and even counter more than once in order to get top dollar for your home or the best scenario for your home, too, because timeline is important as well. Absolutely, it is. And I think that's just a really key one. Remember, this, that there's there's a lot of options out there and that there can be some back and forth. It's OK. Uh, you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. And if if you do, well, that's OK. That's a lot of this is a business of transaction. So consider the counter offer. Don't leave that money on the table. Big mistake that a lot of folks who don't have that representation often fall into. So, Angie, I, I guess sometimes there's conflict, right? I mean, you've, you've got to kind of be prepared for that. But a lot of people don't operate very well when there's a little bit of conflict, you know, in negotiations and that sort of thing. Yeah for sure you know be careful to not allow your emotions to get in the way i've seen so often that that can just kill a deal you know it's sad to say but the easiest sellers to work with are builders and Mm. you know why because they have absolutely no emotion involved with selling the homes it just comes down to all right do the numbers make sense you know but i love 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 work with clients where you know this is a home that they built memories you know in the home you know so this home means so much to them and we're just helping them to make the next transition in their life whatever that might be you know but be careful not to allow your emotions to get in the way of negotiating because it really can blow up a deal you know i've seen some sellers where they just are standing firm because in their mind their home's worth way more money than what the home truly should be worth you know what and if your goal is to sell your home you really need to take the advice of your agent you know and don't allow emotions to just dictate you know how you're responding to offers great point as well angie all right so we're talking about these different ways you can spot a good offer and it goes even deeper than this because sometimes angie the highest offer isn't always the best oh that is so so true you know you need to remember an offer has a lot of different details you know we have an offer price the sales price we have due diligence money there could be earnest money additional earnest money there could be a due diligence end date a closing date Maybe there's personal property that they've asked of you. Maybe they've asked you for closing costs to be paid. They've asked for a warranty. You know, maybe there's a contingency. Also, you need to look at financing as well. You know, maybe you have a cash offer that's lower than a financed offer, but the cash offer is a quick close, you know, and you feel confident that, you know, it's going to make it to the closing table. So maybe you just accept a lower offer. So make sure that you're looking at the offer in its entirety, you know, in its whole to make sure that that particular offer is most attractive. Um, the biggest hiccups I've seen recently and even in the past has been, you know, accepting the top offer 
offer. Maybe there's multiple offers and the loan terms. Hmm. So for example, we had a situation where the home has now closed. We went with the best offer in regards to loan terms. And the reason being it was a conventional loan where the other ones were FHA loans. And we thought we wouldn't have as many issues with appraisal and the home being sold as is because of its condition. Well, we were under contract and all of a sudden the buyer's loan terms changed on us. They too then had to go an FHA route. And there were so many hiccups along the way. Not to say that an FHA buyer is bad, but you know, there's so much more that goes and that is involved in an offer other than just the sales price and the highest price. You know, you want to make sure that the, all the terms work towards your advantage. Absolutely. And that's a really important one to remember as well. Now, Angie, I think this next tip that we're going to give may come off in the wrong way, and we don't mean it to be that. I know you'll put it more eloquently than I do, but the next tip for spotting and accepting a good offer if you're a seller is to don't leave your buyer room to escape. That, that sounds like conniving, <laughs> but what do we mean by that? <laughs> yeah, you know, to me, the where you could allow your buyer to escape is by having a very long due diligence and closing date. You know, because once you officially go under contract, you have an executed contract, immediately the buyer's due diligence money's at risk. You know, that's something that's negotiated as well, but typically that amount is going to be less versus the earnest money. So due diligence money is at risk immediately. Should the buyer back out any time during due diligence period, they would only lose that due, uh, due diligence money, which you would then keep. Of course, they have other expenses. Personally, they would be paying for, but the only monies you would keep would be their due diligence money. Well, once we get past that due diligence date, the end of due diligence date, then their earnest money or additional earnest money is at risk. So you have a lot more like skin in the game should they decide to back out. So by having a very lengthy due diligence period can hurt you as a seller. That is allowing time for your buyer to escape. You know, that's just giving them the chance to overthink things, you know, do even more research, just dig deep into the home and drag things on. And they might start looking at other homes. They might have a change of heart. So my one big piece or word of advice there is keep that due diligence time frame short. Not too short because buyers need the time to do their investigations and get their appraisal and get their loan, but keep that timeline shorter than normal. And then also be careful about an extended closing date as well. You know, the norm for closing dates are anywhere from like 25 to 45 days. And that's because if a buyer's obtaining financing, that's the time required for the loan to close. You know, but I've seen other situations where, hey, let's do a 90 day or 120 day closing because it works for both parties. And it might. But remember, you haven't truly sold your home until you go to the closing table until it's recorded. So just be cautious of allowing a very long closing date, too. Last but not least, Angie, in this conversation about spotting and accepting a good offer, and this is paperwork. This is attention to detail kind of stuff here. This is where a lot of for sale by owners, I think, go wrong because they overlook some of these smaller details and get themselves in a bit of trouble from time to time. Conditions and contingencies. What I've seen, the biggest issue that I've seen sellers run into as far as like the fine lines and print of a contract has been where fixtures were not written on the contract. Meaning, for example, if it's important to you to take your chandelier in the dining room, which, you know, was heirloom that was passed down to your family, 
if it was not disclosed and written in the contract on the paperwork, unfortunately, you're required to leave that behind. And so by not paying attention to the fine details of a contract, I mean, there can be some big errors and mistakes that could happen. And unfortunately, there's nothing that you can do. You know, also contingencies. The biggest, you know, from state to state, our contracts are different. Really, the only contingency in North Carolina is a home to sell contingency. But, you know, with a contingency, you really need to understand what the terms mean. So for example, maybe the buyer has made an offer on your property. The buyer has their home under contract as well. And so of course, they've done a home to close contingency, it's called. Well, the fine lines in print reads that should that buyer back out, okay, so your buyer's home, now that buyer has backed out on their home, you know, if they give you notice within three days, they do get back their earnest money. And so although you think, oh, we've passed due diligence, now the earnest money is hard and firm, well, that's not necessarily true. So understanding, you know, all of the terminology, the fine print, you know, in a contract is very important. And that's where a real estate agent, a great agent like Acol Realty should come into play and really walk you through the steps and to make you understand or help you to understand better all the terminology of the contract paperwork. This is the show that helps you navigate the ins and outs of buying or selling a home here in the Triangle. It's the Savvy Realtor with Angie Cole and the team at A. Cole Realty. The closing recap here on the Savvy Realtor, where we feature a success story from the past week, somebody who just recently sold or bought a home here in the Triangle using the help of A. Cole Realty. And so, Angie, tell us the story. Who uh, was able to celebrate this past week? Yeah, so we had Derek and Erica, and both of their names are spelled really cool, by the way. But Derek and Erica, who moved here from New Jersey, um, and so they were a buyer client. They actually moved down here, got an Airbnb, so pretty much just left everything, came to North Carolina, got an Airbnb in hopes to find the perfect place. She moved down here and already had a job lined up. Um, Luckily, she can just work from home wherever she wants to live. But he moved here with, you know, needing to now find a new position, a new career, uh, which they're just super excited about. So just kind of starting their lives all over again. Uh, But they ended up doing some research online. They found our team. They reached out to me. I connected them with one of our amazing buyer specialists, Alex Harder. And then from there, you know, he was great as far as giving them guidance, finding them the perfect home. So they ended up buying in Flowers Plantation in Clayton, a brand new home, beautiful home. I actually had the pleasure to go to their blue tape walkthrough. So just kind of get to see the home, get to see the condition, um, how it looked, you know, completed. And those builders did an amazing job. Um, But yeah, they closed last week. They are super, super excited to now call Clayton and North Carolina, their home, and just, you know, start fresh. But yeah, it was just, it was wonderful to have the experience to meet with them. And we are so grateful that they chose us to help them along the way. That's pretty cool. You know, I'm always sporting my New Jersey Devils gear. So maybe we some we oh, have yeah. some new Devils fans in town. That's Yeah, made you some new besties. Yeah, exactly. Got to see if they want to catch a game soon. That's very cool. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Congratulations to Derek and Erica. And uh, if you want to experience a successful home closing like that, whether you're looking to buy or sell here in the Triangle, Angie Cole and the great team at A. Cole Realty are always there for you. You can call or text Angie directly 
to start a conversation about buying or selling your home and ask why Angie's team would be awesome to work with here in the area. You can call or text 919-538-6477. Angie's been voted the 2018 number one real estate agent in Raleigh by Midtown Magazine and the Indy Weekly also named her number one in all of Wake County in 2018. 919-538-6477. Again, your number to call or text to reach Angie. 919 area code 538-6477. Stay right there. Much more to come on today's edition of the Savvy Realtor with Angie Cole. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Zoe says, we're looking for a home to buy right now. It seems like inventory is down because of the holiday season. Should we just pause our home search anyway during this time, since we'll also be traveling and just resume next month? Or will we be missing out on a potentially good home during this time? Yeah, Zoe, that's a great question because the mindset of a lot of buyers is if I wait until the spring market, there will be more inventory. And are you right? 100% because sellers also feel like the best time to sell is the spring market. But remember, homes are hitting the market every single day. And that perfect home for you might pop up tomorrow. So, you know, I understand it's around the holiday season and I want you to be able to enjoy all that you're doing as far as traveling and maybe spending time with family, you know, but be on the lookout still. And if there is something that comes through maybe your home search feed, you know, that looks exciting, go and look at it. Because just because it's hit the market today, it doesn't mean it will stay on the market through the holidays. There are so many homes that are actively selling. There's so many homes that are hitting the market now, even though we're right here around our busy holiday season in December. I would say, don't completely pull back and just stop your search. Just kind of still keep your eye out. You know what? And if you don't see anything, that's fine. And you can wait until January and really hit the ground running again. Yeah, it's a really good point. And it's a good question, I think, to ask uh, because some people do think that basically everything shuts down around the holidays, right? But it's not necessarily the case. No. You know, and what I always tell our sellers are the serious buyers are probably out looking now. Because if someone's not serious, they do have all the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. They probably won't be wasting their time just being looky-loos and looking around at a home to purchase, right? So the serious buyers are out right now. And so now could be a great time to sell. And also, again, a great time to buy because there is new inventory hitting the market every single day. You've been listening to the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole. She's the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty here in the Triangle. And if you have questions for Angie, we invite you to go online to acolerealty.com. Listen to past podcast episodes on the website, read the blog and all the great information, including the option to find a home right there on the website. That's acolerealty.com. And you can also call Angie with your questions, 919-578-3128. 